Luke, you've been through some crazy stuff, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Very crazy. Well, I appreciate you jumping on. Like one of the purposes, so I have a company called Parent Alone. Um, we've had over 5,000 people go through the program, but it was built for those that um, have spousal loss to death or divorce. And then any alienation, stuff like that, that's going on or difficult divorces, right? And so um, anytime, especially dads, anytime I come across a dad that's been able to accomplish something pretty difficult, but pretty fantastic in terms of like where you finally got to, it's amazing. And it's like so many dads don't know and they'll quit or give up or take off or, hey, this is too expensive or like, they're better without me. Oh, crosses your mind no matter what how good of a dad you are right it really does yeah yeah so what kind of stuff did you go through um probably one of the hardest ones because i actually have two kids with two separate moms and they were like three months apart so what happened is the first that's my youngest so my oldest um who he's only three months older than him. Um, I was with that mom and our relationship really wasn't going the best. And I was one foot out the door and I said, look, we're fighting. I'm not a fighter. I don't like to yell, but let's just call it. Yeah. And we pretty much called it. And then she's like, Oh, by the way, I'm pregnant. And I was like, yeah, right. But it was true. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, how many times, you know, you hear those stereotypical stories. Oh, I'm pregnant. Come back. Well, I didn't have a very close relationship with my family. My real dad died when I was 19. He wasn't a big part of my life. Uh, He was alcoholic, hooked on crack. And my stepdad, him and I, he put his hands on me quite a bit growing up. So I didn't have that closeness with him. And I couldn't really run to my mom about it. because She's always going to side with him. So I couldn't stay with them. So I ended up staying with an ex for the time being while I'm trying to get on my feet and take care of this kid who's about to come. And which was obviously a dumb idea, but I didn't have my own support system. And so I ended up getting in the secondary relationship, ended up having another kid. And so I think one of the biggest first obstacles that I had is I was making really dumb decisions. Yeah, yeah. And a lot lot of dads, they they can't own that. And you have to. You have to take a moment and be like, I'm making some really bad choices. (laughs) Because everybody... brother. I appreciate that. But it's important. You're right. And because nobody wants to take that time to go, you know, I'm making these mistakes. And fast forward through a bunch of drama, a bunch of BS, me still enabling this kind of behavior because I'm allowing myself to be in these kinds of positions of drama and back-to-back relationships. Um, With my youngest mom, we actually ended up going to court for like the HROs, the orders of protection. We went through all that drama and the judge said one thing that really stuck with me. Um, because basically what was happening is she was filing, um, um, she made sexual assault accusations, which is every guy's worst nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. And I came with screenshots this thick. 
the judge looked at maybe two or three of them and looked at her and said, you ever pull this in my courtroom again, Mrs. You're not going to have any custodial rights. Um, So documentation was really important, but he looked at me and he said, you need to start making some better choices. And this, you know, the one night stands and stuff like that. It's, it's really going to screw with you. So then my stepdad, that was the first man to man talk he ever had with me was right around that time. And he said, is this the kind of man that you want to be? And that's when it started to sink in that you you need to be more than just a man. You need to be an ideology. Yeah. Need to be a symbol. And so I kind of started doing everything that I thought would be perfect. And I didn't cross that line. And it took only about six months for people to start noticing. What's up, buddy? (laughs) He's obsessed with bears. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, So you start becoming the symbol and you start making some of these better choices and things over time start to get easier. But I think a lot of what dads fail to realize is, you know, you do have a part to play. You know, it's easy to get pissed off about the money. It's easy to get pissed off because they're making extra rules, extra hoops for you to jump through. But at the end of the day, you've got to pick your battles because it's a war. You can't win every battle and still have the gas to fight. So when we're talking about why dads are giving up, it's because we're trying to win every single battle. Um, with my with my oldest, um, his mom. Great insight, man. Great insight. With your oldest, um, his mom. Yeah. So when he was two months, because I've been there like the whole time. Her and I, we are pretty much definition of able to co-parent do stuff. And she said, you know, Hey, I'm really anxious. He's never been away from me. Can you drive up to a hotel around here and um, kind of stay up in this area? So that way you're right down the street. Well, she lives, she moved 150 miles away. I didn't have the money. What I, I went and sold. What's up, buddy? I'm a cow. <laughs> Moo. Moo. <laughs> Thanks, bud. <laughs> um, I went and sold whatever I could that was worth of any value, and you know, I told her the extra measures that it took for me to accommodate this. And then she was able, you know, to see like holy crap, and sometimes if you just take. Because let's take a step back. Let's say if I said, you know, me going to this hotel that's 150 miles away, I don't have the money. I can't do it. It's BS. Screw you. Right. Say I went that route. What a bad start. You know, but if you give an inch, they're going to give you something. And maybe it's not at first. Maybe it takes time, but it's that's kind of how trust works. And if you almost think of it like a business partnership, you're a business guy, um, kind of like, you know, like trusting a client um, as far as like payments, 
You know, are they going to receive the product? Is it going to be on time? So things like pickups and drop-offs, if you kind of treat it like that, where you take the emotion out of the situation, um, it's some kind of trust that you're going to build over time. And you really kind of got to think outside the box when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, that's probably just some of the things that I can think off the top of my head as far as some of the struggles. Um, not trying to be too much into detail because he's awake, you know. Yeah, we can do a, we can do a follow up as well. So what 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 was it that caused you to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to drive 150 whatever miles. I'm just going to go do it. Like, what was it that drove you to do that? I think it was probably mostly. Well, I felt really guilty about Sebastian you know, leaving the relationship, you know, yeah, we were arguing. I could have done things different. I could have listened more. I could have done so many other things. And then to have a second kid back to back and my dad gave up on us. I was probably three years old when it happened. The last real memory I had of him as a kid, um, the sheriff actually had to show up to the house, knocking on the door because he wasn't going to let us come home. Wow. Um, to my mom so that was I spent my whole life not wanting to be that so you know if I could be that by your dad doing that you were like hey this sucks I hate how this feels I'm never going to do that as a dad right so you can blame your dad for that you can blame your dad for the fact that you got up and drove 150 miles at a hotel and actually just did it and gave an inch. You could actually blame your dad for that too. That's what's crazy. It's like, hey dad, thanks, man. Thanks for taking off. Thanks for not showing. Thanks for holding us hostage. And yeah. I've had to come because now I decided I was and in the moment when I totally needed to, that drive, that commitment to not do that to my kid, even though I didn't know the kid was coming, I just kind of found out later. Like, oh well, gosh, that drive was there. And it, it drove me to do it. Because I so never mad. thought of it like I want to repeat that. what you did. Yeah, it's powerful. It's really powerful. So, so what about with uh, what about with this guy here? Um, this he was like it was D Day invasion, like just constantly. You know, you're giving 150, percent but you're running through waist deep water, and it was mainly because the mom has mental illness. She has borderline personality disorder. So she was struggling with the fear of me leaving. Mm. So she's trying to leave before I leave her. So to make it okay in her own head. Hey buddy, I know you want attention. What are some other things you could be doing? You see a bear? Where's a bear? You mind if I get him set up with something? There it is. Okay. So kind of like saying it was really tough because of her borderline personality disorder. Um, I don't know if you know what that is. It's kind of a very vague um overall description of what kind of goes on but um we went through 
hell and back. And I mean, literally hell and back. The worst part about it was just the fact that she doesn't make very good decisions. And we're talking about like her latest boyfriend is a registered sex offender. And um, this is where a lot of the drama comes in. Hardcore drama. And it's part of it I have to learn is at my place. And there's a whole lot of gray area. And I think that that's where a lot of dads find themselves. Because you have, like I was saying, pick your battles. Um, On Christmas, I showed up and my little man was sitting in front of a TV in a diaper. It was completely filled with his own poop. I walked into the house and and it um, just completely reeked of cat piss. So the reason that the um, TV for me was such like a big thing is because we try to limit his TV time. You know, it's like, it's okay if, you know, mom and dad are busy, it's a distraction. Um, But we kind of said like one movie, two episodes a day, because what was happening is he kept every moment he'd wake up. It's Mickey, Mickey, Mickey. And, you know, you're thinking, you know, is this hyper asphyxiation or is this, he's just getting left in front of a TV. So I talked to her and I say, you know, Hey, what's going on? And she goes, well, we don't watch TV at my house. What? Obviously that's a lie. And to me being truthful is very, very important, especially, you know, like I'm trusting you to be the primary caregiver right now until we go through court. And if you're telling me things that aren't true, that makes us 10 times harder. So as I'm seeing this, I turn to my right and there's her mom because it's Christmas. And her mom is just, as she's talking to me, she's shaking her head back and forth. She's rocking. She goes to change Landon's diaper. She's rocking back and forth as she's doing it. I was a bouncer. I've seen a lot of people fucked up on a lot of different things. And I know methamphetamine when I see it. And um, I started kind of freaking out. And I started looking around the house looking for drugs. And that's when I I didn't see any drugs. I mean, the house was in probably normal shape for Christmas morning. Um, But I noticed a box of 22 bullets sitting on the microwave. I make bullets for a living. I work at Federal. And 22s are the most volatile round, ready to go off. And on a microwave? So I ended up having to, where it gets really bad is, I didn't notice this at first, but the next time I took him home, I just, I started crying in front of my entire family for what I'd seen. And I go to change his diaper and he's got two lash marks that long, One is bloodshot, like just completely purple. And one almost looks lashed, like like a whip. Something hit him. And but it was so odd because they were they were like parallel, you know. And I made the call. I called child protection services and I pretty much got the runaround on that. They said, you know, it doesn't look like a handprint. There's nothing we can do. And I'm like, my kid has a bloodshot fucking bruise. Like But now where this turns into gray area and so eventually I talked to Ashley about it or that's his mom. Um, And 
she had said that the litter box is actually kept in the closet right next to the front door. So as you enter a house, I don't have cats. So for me, that's going to instinctively tell my brain the whole house reeks of cat piss. Yeah, right? the second, the first thing you smell when you walk in the door, if it's right by the door. And as I walk in and then I see Landon and a diaper filled with his own poop, there's also, again, this is gray area. How many times am I able to catch him just as soon as he poops? You know, it, it, it's just timing that I'd seen this. And then as far as the mom and the methamphetamine, she is actively on parole, but she has to get for that in specific. Um, but she's been taking drug tests. She's been clean for six months. And what the rocking back and forth is, is it's actually symptoms of long-term use. And so such a, and as far as, you know, the bruising on his butt where I was like, you know, really scared. Um, She had said, you know, um, he fell in his room. She didn't know what, but that was a pretty hard bruise. And normally we tell each other. So with the lack of communication with that, along with all these other scenarios that kind of went on with lack of honesty, it's a cocktail. So a situation that he probably wasn't in danger now escalated into something that was so severe. We were taking him to hospital visits, getting him checked out. CPS was called all these things because the parents couldn't get along they couldn't be honest with one another oops my battery's dying but um so i think that's probably if i could take anything from that it would be that situation right there um just how the gray areas can get so murky if you're not emotionally in the right mindset and we went through mediation And a lot of my concerns weren't really addressed. They pretty much said, we're going to get you 50-50 and we're going to go from there. We're not a judge. We can't, you know, lay things out, lay down the law, wave a magic wand. (laughs) Although I, which is true, you know, I was kind of looking for a little more repercussions. Yeah. Yeah. Like something like, uh, yeah. California has something yeah. I believe my sister was talking yeah. about. It's called parallel parenting. Have you heard of it? No, not 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 in verbiage, no. Uh, it's basically pretty much so there's co-parenting, you work great together. There's counter parenting where you want to go left, I'm gonna go right just out of spite. Parallel parenting is you do what you gotta do, I'm gonna do what I have to do, and we don't really cross paths. We just, we, as long as we're keeping, you know, things in the best interest of the kids and have some kind of meeting, it's more of a temporary thing than anything, just to kind of give everybody to get off off the bed. Um, So we did that. And now after Mr. I know you're looking for attention. Um, And after it's probably been about a month after mediation, with me just kind of giving her space 
she's doing the same very things that I've been bugging her for the past year and a half to do. She's doing it all on her own. But sometimes it's really the emotional output that you're putting forward. So maybe me trying to be so strict and stern and this is the way that we have to do things. It wasn't the right way to go about it. Always be ready to adapt, do things differently. Um, but never like try to stir the pot. You know what I mean? Do you have any other questions I could maybe help? Yeah. How long did the mediation go on for and what did they end up doing? Um, the mediation went on for, I think maybe three hours. And it, it was just pretty much, hey, what are some of your concerns? What are some of your concerns? And I think this was really important was what does your current status look like as far as how often you have them? I had them three days a week because she didn't want to give me the three, four, four, three split because then child support. Mm -hmm. So they looked at it and said, you're fighting about one day. This is ridiculous. No. And they waved it and said, okay, you can have them Monday through Thursday. She can have them Friday through Monday because my work schedule is I work Friday, Saturday, Sunday, mandatory. And then okay. if I want to pick up overtime, I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. On the weekends. Yeah. So you're kind of getting it all done on the weekend. And then during the week, you're raising pretty free. And then everything that's the parenting plan you're on right now. Yep. So everything is completely legal. Um, right now they're just working out, I think the holiday schedule. Um, so, and I mean, I wasn't really too picky about the holidays and whatnot and that all can get sorted out through time, but actually having, you know, the good quality time is really what matters. Yeah. So this Christmas incident, was that just barely like two months ago? Yeah. So it was, yeah. yeah. So oh, man. So there's some really cool things you did, right? One is at the very beginning, drawn on dad. Thanks, man. Thanks for what you did. I'm going to go ahead and not do that. Cool. Appreciate it. I'm going to go 150 miles to the hotel, that piece there, and just giving that inch. And then with this one, also, it's like what was really important. Yeah. Um, screenshots. You said, like tons of screenshots. See so how like that data or that documentation is referred to. So that was important. And then just keep going, right? Because CPS was like, oh, you know, there's nothing we can do, but just keep driving and pushing for a happy, healthy situation. Right. So, you still, so now that it's kind of that way, do you still have concerns about him going over there? Are you kind of like, are you more in the mindset of like, hey, I think he's safe. I think he's good. I'm always going to have concerns. Yeah. But what it came down to is I actually called her dad. And um, her dad and I originally, we didn't get along. He actually showed up to one of my jobs looking for a fight. Wow. And I worked at a very um, right-wing machine shop. Everybody carried. I was, you know, I don't know their mentality. 
So my first thing is I'm taking him on the other side of the parking lot. Cops get called, whatever. Luckily, nobody tried to be the hero. Pause for just a second on the audio. Okay, so right wing, everyone's carrying. Can you pick up right at that? Yeah, just rewind like 20 seconds. Sorry. So everybody kind of like is carrying guns and he shows up out of the blue. And I'm half worried that someone's going to try to be a hero. You know, that's... Not everybody who carries a gun should. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. really know. So, yeah, you have no idea. Yeah. What's going to set them off or whatever. Yeah. So, I just, um, you know, I took the other edge of the parking lot, you know, tried to verbal de escalate. It wasn't working. Fast forward three years later, he's seen me kind of grow. And I think he started to get the idea of I wasn't getting the whole story. And he had. You know, I called him and I was like, I want to make this work with your daughter. My sister is currently going through a separation. And one of the biggest things that really upset me is the fact that he wasn't willing to come out of his own area, talk to anybody. And it's just kind of a jack wagon, the way he treated my sister. So I got to see things from a different perspective, you know? So I'm talking to him and he's like, you know, Luke, I really appreciate, you know, you reaching out or whatever. And um, we kind of came up with a plan, but um, where this comes important is he said one thing that was, do you honestly think Ashley would intentionally try to hurt Landon? I don't. I don't. I think that some of her decisions, she may not see the full picture or be completely honest with herself. However, I really don't think she would try. I still worry every time he goes over there. However, there's only so much that's in my control. And I've went a year and a half of being on her like blue. And I burned myself out in a year and a half. I had fought depression since I was probably 11 years old. And I'd finally beaten it, overcame it, you know, working on positivity, you know, trying to take vitamins, stuff like that. And within a year and a half, completely tanked. So I was like, okay, this isn't going to work. This isn't healthy. Like I have to learn what I can control for me. That's right. So, um, and I think that with me, maybe taking a little bit step back, it's going to make her feel less judged and she might make her own decisions on her own that are healthier. Kind of like I was saying, how there's some things I've been talking to her about trying to get her to do for a year and a half. And now she's doing it. It's like, what? And sometimes that's just how it works. Yeah. Especially as the kids get older. <laughs> right? happen to them too, right? Okay. Yep. That's interesting. So you reached out, you reached after the negative situation where he showed up and it wasn't good. You now reach back out to him. And it was probably like two years after that. Yeah. And created like a peaceful. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. So just last question. I know you're jumping back into Atlanta and thanks for shifting on the time stuff. I know originally you planned to do it with while he was a nap and it just didn't work out, but this is awesome. What advice would you give dads who are in a situation where they're getting divorced and they go to pick up their kid and they're like, they're worried about their safety. 
how do you keep a lid on it, but still take care of it and make sure, how do you keep it? What would you do to keep it from kind of exploding out into something that it isn't, you know? Cause if hopefully that wasn't the case and you never want to err on the side of like not doing enough, right? So how do you find a balance? How do you respond when, when you show up and you're like, what the heck is going on? They look hurt or they're in danger. Or it looks like the situation is just not healthy. If you're able to, you may not always be able to, but take 24 hours to think on it. Like Landon, you know, he wasn't, you know, bleeding. He was nothing like that. Before I made any decisions, I said, I'm going to take 24 hours. That hopefully can get me out of that emotional state. And that's when I really started to second guess everything and started trying to think more analytically. Take a breath before you make big decisions. Um, if you granted, you may not always be able to, however, um, also for your support system, because you're going to talk to other people about this kind of stuff. Um, do not have yes, men do not have yes, men. What's yes, man. All right. So everybody has that one buddy or maybe a group where if you're upset about something, you want them to get you. Yeah, man, that's, that's really, I feel so bad for you or that's awesome. They always agree with you regardless. Yeah. But I'm, then there's those people who are, they think for themselves and they go, do you want my honest opinion? Yeah. Yeah. My lady, my lady, she's great for that. And that's one reason her and I work really well together. There's times that I'm upset something the mom said or did, and I'm just, I'm going and she goes, Luke, number one, you need to calm down or you're not making, you know, you're just, you're going too far. You know, she keeps me in line, keeps me in check because it's easy to get emotional. It's easy to get way up here and to have, you know, a good support system where they're not all yes men. It's that checks and balance. Um, had I utilized that more in that situation, maybe I could have gone things a little differently. However, it, that my situation was just kind of crappy regardless. I wasn't sure what to do. I followed doctor's orders throughout the entire way through. And I said, well, you know, one doctor to the next, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? And that was my way of trying to take emotion out of the situation. Yeah. Because I'm 26. I, I don't have the wisdom of somebody who's been on this world for 30 to 40 years. Yeah. The most wisdom I have is I know that I'm going to screw up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I love the, the, the honesty and the realness, though. Right. And, and, and to be honest with you, like initially, uh, your support system was just finding another girl and living with another girl. Yeah. You know, and it's just kind of like, and then she got pregnant and now it's like, but now the support system is very different. Right. Yeah, so I invested a lot of time into that. I invested a lot of time into my stepdad. Him and I, we had, um, I think it was maybe November. It was right before Christmas. Um, him and I had a sit down talk and I said, you know, our family is very estranged because of the fights you and I had 10, 15 years ago. And it's never been the same. My parents were on the brink of divorce. And 
My sisters wanted nothing to do with them. And I said, if you and I, because you and I is where it started. So if you and I fix this, I think the same process of how we all split apart will bring us back together. And we were very real. We were very real about what happened. I, I said, I think where everything really changed is when you choked me when I was 13. And he's like, what? What are you talking about? And I brought up a situation. He's not a liar. Yeah, he, he didn't, didn't even remember. remember. Yeah, yeah, he blacked it out. Yeah. And it was wow. over something so stupid. Um, it, he was just kind of emotionally lashed out. I called him a liar. And that must have been a trigger from his past. And yeah, he just, he had no recollection. And we talked about a couple other things. And, you know, the emotional, um, how I want him to be more emotionally involved. I was a wrestler in high school. And by my second year, I won district championship. I had a record of 13 and one. The guy who beat me in my season, I actually pinned for uh, the district championship. So that's yeah. right. Pinned him in the second round. Yeah. Get him so, back, right? Uh, when I it took the title. You later, you later pinned your stepdad. Right, because he laid hands on you, and you just laid truth on him. I'm I'm not saying that in a negative way, but really, like bringing it back, kind of pinning him, and creating that. uh, Yeah. Um, but one thing that he had said is, you know, oh, I thought he had you there for a minute. And wrestlers, when you're a wrestler, you bust your butt, man. Yeah. Like everything's on the line. So that like took a real emotional toll. And I talked about these things. He's not an emotional guy. Yeah. I'm a teddy bear. So yeah, trying to get I on. Mike Sparrows probably, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, he, uh, we finally started to get somewhere on the same page. And can we not throw those, please? You're going to hurt something or me. Um, so investing time into healthy relationships is also another good use of your time. Um, because you can't go through this fight by yourself. You have to have a good support system and whatever energy you're putting out, it's laws of attraction. So. Um, Meaning like whatever energy you're putting out is the type of people that you'll bring in, like Yes Man, for example. Yep. Mm. Okay. Yes Man is a, it's a major source for drama. It really is. Well, it's absolutely true. Like if you think back, the very, very best friends, the very best friends in our life were able to speak in plain words and just tell us the real thing, you know? Like the like the lady you have now, the woman you have now. That's that's um, it's a totally different kind of support as before. Yeah. Right. Before it's like yeah, we might as well like you know be intimate, you know all this stuff, right? Whereas now it's like okay, I'm out of here. Right now it's kind of like hey, um, the best support you can give me is is like help me help me think clearly, help me um, take a pause. You know, help me and respond because no. your decisions are changing. Uh, Look at uh, decisions with her versus her and now, right? And so the quality of your decisions are going up, which means 
the quality of your problems will go up too. The problems aren't going to go away, right. but they increase in quality. It's one thing to say, I got to sell all this stuff on my little sheet tonight so I can feed my family. It's another to say, hey, this steak is medium instead of medium rare. What's going on? Right. To which restaurant should I buy? They're all problems. Right. They all have to do with food, but there's different qualities. So I honor you, Lou. It's amazing you were able to work through that and have it be this fresh. I'm glad I came across you and you were able to work out a 50-50 deal in a state where it's not always so easy to do that. Yeah, um, I really fought for having close to the 50-50 parenting time before the time we even got there. And I think I worked it kind of like a siege. So when a lot of dads are up against um, accusations, because to some extent it's going to happen. When you break up, it's going to be messy. There's going to be something said. If you walk that line and you say, hey, this is what I want. What do I need to do to get here? It's easy to say, no, I'm not going to do what you want to do. This is what I want. What do, if you tell somebody your business guy, if somebody said, hey, this is what I want. What do I need to do in order to get this and that? You're going to be a lot more willing to help them out. So yeah, you're that's a lot the, more likely to get it, you know? So you, yeah. from the beginning, it's like, hey, this is what I want. And then you just kept finding out ways to get it. And then you kept focused on it too. Yep. So fighting for the equal time from the beginning is also, sounds like a very important thing to do. Yeah. And my last piece of advice for dads was what I call uh, backseat parenting. Don't be a backseat parent. You see this a lot in relationships um, where mom does the doctor stuff. Mom takes kids to the sports. Mom does all this stuff. And dad just goes to work, comes home, has a beer, right? I first noticed in the very beginning, I was a backseat parent to my son who lives 150 miles away. When I got a call from the state because he had an 18-month appointment and they said, hey, we weren't able to get a hold of his mom. We're calling you. You're on the emergency contacts. Do you know what um, his doctor's name is? Yeah, no. Nope. Uh, Do you know what hospital it's at? And that's when it hit me. I'm like, oh, my God, I, I don't know anything important. What happens if something would have happened to her? So then what I did is I'm not a tech savvy guy, but I dropped just a cheap $150 on a computer from Facebook Marketplace. And I started making spreadsheets on um, Excel and spreadsheets of, because the kids were like getting things like diaper rashes. So then what I'd do is I'd start creating lists of everything that they eat, all the supplies that are in everybody's houses, anything down to laundry detergents, floor cleaners, you name it. If whatever's in your house goes on that list. And then... We also had diaper change logs. So that way we could see, you know, is maybe we're just not changing them enough. So that fixed that. These worksheets, because I have the memory of a goldfish. I was able to write down doctor's names, all these important things. So that way it's somewhere, it's filed. So that way if somebody asks me, hey, do you know this? Hold on one second, I can pull it up for you. And... That's the first step to becoming an involved parent because it's easy in today's society for dads just to, I'm going to go to work. Mom's going to take over the 
doing the diaper changes. I may do one or two a day and I'm a great dad. No, no, you, you need to be a Mr. Mom. You need to put forth equal efforts. It's not the 1950s anymore. Dads can't just be the breadwinners. Yeah. You got to be both. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's a really powerful thing is like even having a spreadsheet of what's her blood, his or her blood type, um, what's her favorite this, what are they allergic to, what, yep. you know, what, if any injuries or challenges or anything they've had, even medically or physically, right? That's all, all really powerful. Oh, his phone must have died. You're back. Sorry. Sorry, I thought your, your battery died. I know it's getting close, so we'll, we'll finish up for you, but uh, let you get back to Landon. But um, one last super quick little question. Thanks for everything, by the way, man. I appreciate it. And thanks, Landon, for sharing your dad. Um, <laughs> so you talked about picking your battles. How yep. would you go about what do you do to decide if it's a battle worthy of fighting or not? Or worthy of winning versus, versus are you willing to take it to court okay so are you willing you, to take it to court if you're willing to take it to court that's a battle you should win yep it's i mean is this something that truly endangers their safety like you have hard facts of why this is a major major concern there is zero doubts within you that things can go on this way this is not a gray area thing where you can go either way. This is like hard no. For instance, um, Sebastian's mom, she's very laid back, too laid back. And I, one day I was up there kind of checking out his environment, you know, hanging out for the day. And she was letting him take a bath, but she was leaving him by himself. And I'm like, wow. So that was a thing that it was like, absolutely not. You're not going to be doing things this way. Um, yeah. So that's probably where I'd establish that line and the rest of it play to your strengths. Um, like for instance, Sadie and I um, we're really civil. So even though she makes decisions that lack prefrontal cortex use like that right no forethought we're so civil that we can talk about it and i can get so far with her um that normally like with ashley would have been a situation called cps like hey we need to be filing emergency something's going on right um but because we were so civil i was able to really get through to her okay why are you doing things this way well, I'm checking in on them every couple minutes. Okay, well, you were doing the dishes. You got the sound of running water that can cloud what you're hearing. It only takes a couple seconds for something to happen. Yeah, exactly. And for so those who and don't know, CPS means Child Protective Services, but once you started dealing with them, you just say CPS, right? <laughs> and you never forget it. You'll always remember the yeah. acronym. But yeah, so situations like that, because it's like, that's really, really dangerous, right? I remember, yep. I think I wore, uh, I just put on surf gear, wear board shorts and a rash guard, and I'd hang out sitting next to the bathtub with my daughter, 
right? Until like probably four or something, I think it was eventually. And then we took her through this really cool book called Amazing You. And it teaches them about the real names of body parts. It's like, well, what do you call it? Well, we call it a hot dog, you know, whatever. No, it's a peanut. And so just going through and showing them, but that's a great book to just really teach them about their body so that they're healthy and secure and confident. And hey, these parts grow. It's going to get bigger, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. Hopefully for guys, we'll keep growing. I was joking around and stuff, but like, yeah, so for my daughter, but just having that. And so, yeah, it's crucial until they're at a point where they are big enough and they can stand up easy and they just, you know, yeah. And then swimming lessons, right? Like, okay, mom, you're not, let me give them swimming lessons just in case, you know. (laughs) So it's kind of like those, you can playfully, strategically, yeah get it get it safer but um so that's an interesting one are you willing to take it to court if you are you need to fight that one yep. right? if not try to work it out try to work around it you know do you take do you take the 24 hours before you decide if it's something worth taking the court do you decide quick now I, I take more than 24 hours for me it's um i play to our strengths um, for Sebastian's mom, it's the fact that we're civil, um, for his mom, uh, with her BPD, I always say that crazy is passion without order. So she's a very passionate person. So because I'm a very sensitive person, if I can speak to her on more of an emotional level and kind of empathize with her, Mm. I can get through to her on that way. So I'm playing to my strengths. What do I have? How can I, you know, help them perceive things in this kind of way? And under no circumstances should any parent be looking for a fight. If you can keep things out of the court systems, you give your arm and left leg to be able to do that. Um, There's been many situations that have gone to court, but I chose not to. I said, you know what, because that's not good for the kids. It's not. And after his mom and I stopped fighting, like we did, we didn't fight in front of him, but because he was so, he could feel it so much that during pickup and drop off, he just, he'd clam up, he'd get all scared. And ever since her and I just completely dropped it, he's been so much more open. It's like night and day difference. And to me, I was like, you know, I didn't really show that side to him. You know what I mean? But he can feel that, which is crazy. But kids are really sensitive to that stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah, they feel if there's hostility, it, it affects them deeply. Because the children are the casualties of the war. You say that again? Because children are the casualties of the war. That's a really powerful statement. And I ended up, there was some study, I don't remember the name of it, I apologize, but it said that children would rather have lack of conflict at a home than two parents making a more accurate parental decision. And I think that was probably one of the most powerful things that ever stuck with me because I was trying to walk that straight line, never steer from it. And I put so much pressure on the people around me, like, hey, if I'm going to put forth this, you guys do need to too. But when you start picking your battles to save the conflict because 15 years from now it's not really going to matter no no that's really true you're right 
All right, Luke. Thanks, man. Probably well, the most oh, I got. You were saying something else. I'm sorry. I was saying that's probably the most advice that I got. Great. Hey, thanks, man. We'll do a follow-up uh, sometime in a future date. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. It's been, um, it's been great, man. And thanks for being so flexible. This is super helpful. This is going to impact a lot of dads. It'll impact a lot of moms. Just seeing, wow, I didn't realize it had that kind of effect on him, right? I didn't realize yeah, it meant that much to dads. Because, like, every time a woman shares all of the stuff going on with her, we're like, oh, my gosh. Well, I could have done this. Well, I could have done that. Why well, could have done this? Well, I could have done that. Oh my gosh, I could have helped her avoid this, right? Well, that's what we're doing. So she's just dumping it on us, right? And then she just yeah. wants everything to be fine. And you're like, hey, honey, hey, listen, I need to go watch TV, watch someone getting murdered, blown up, you know, stuff getting exploded right, to release all this. And then I'll be fine. So give me my time. Let me go watch that real quick. And I'll come back, right? And so it's just, it's just, having the um and then the other piece i really want to thank you for the, the advice is but highlighting the pillars of support we didn't necessarily say that but just having those pillars of support in your life and what kinds of support right yes man versus like hey i don't think so that's not such a good idea but having pillars of support where people are real because if they're not you're right you enable and you continue to enable each other and um and that last statement, so beautiful, children, um, so true, beautifully said to remind us, but children are the casualties of the war. That's 100% true. And so, hey, how can we limit the casualty? How can we make sure it's little and minute versus big, you know, deep wounds? So, Although you can leverage those and pin your stack down. <laughs> right? That's awesome. That's fantastic. So thanks, Dad, for making sure I could be the kind of dad that goes 150 miles and more. And thanks, Stepdad, for helping me to pin by, by, by bringing truth and real and honesty to the situation yeah. in, a way, in a way where we can get up and be friends right after. That's beautiful, man. Honor you. Thanks. Thanks, Luke. Appreciate your time, man. We'll talk soon. All right. Take care.